This podcast is for those making bold moves to reverse global warming. We are the Determined Ones, solving humanity's gnarliest challenges. It's a podcast on climate action, the determined mindset, and how standing out helps you make a meaningful impact. So the first time I heard about Thinking Wrong was back in college, about 2005 or so. And it wasn't until June of 2009 that I experienced it firsthand. That was when I was accepted into Project M, a program for creative people looking for a platform to collaborate and generate ideas and projects for the greater good. Project M was founded by John Bielenberg back in 2003. And this time around, he led an M session in Greensboro, Alabama for four hot and humid weeks. <laughs> I was, it was with me and nine other new Emmers, uh, immerse ourselves in the small town in Alabama to come up with a project for the greater good. John and other M advisors taught us the think wrong process, as well as pushing us to create projects for the greater good. Not only did I dive deep into this fun process, Project M really solidified my desire to apply my design skills towards creating positive change in the world. So you might be asking, what exactly is thinking wrong? To quote John, in the creative process, designers are victims of their own synaptic connections. Subconsciously, we're following predictable pathways to solve problems, whereas what you want at the beginning of a design challenge is as many possibilities as you can imagine. Thinking wrong is really about breaking those biases and synaptic pathways to generate a lot of potential solutions before you select and execute one. Pretty straightforward. I like that. Designers are victims of their own synaptic connection. Right. Boom. It's pretty hardcore. So to get out of it, we have to think wrong. Exactly. So, yeah, so how we explain thinking wrong in our uh, workshops and at our events, uh, pretty simple. As we get older in life, we start to develop these predetermined linear thought pathways. So I always ask the question, how many of you in the audience thought about tying your shoe this morning? I'm an outlier because I never tie shoes. <laughs> you I are. just leave it tied and just slip it on and off because <laughs> I'm too lazy. Well, the majority of us actually tie our <laughs> shoes. And for so many years, if not decades, we've developed these connections where tying our shoe becomes second nature. We don't really think about it. Uh, our brains like to be safe. We don't like to learn new habits. And if we do, it takes a very long time for those habits to set in. We're lazy creatures. Again, we don't like to learn new things. We like to have our, our ways of being, uh, things that are normal and comfortable. We also tend to tackle different creative problems the same way. So as a designer, a client would come up to us and say, hey, Mark, Sarah, I have a problem. I need a new logo for my coffee shop, for example. As a designer, we go into our mental filing cabinet and we start to think of imagery like a coffee mug or... A coffee bean. A coffee bean. Uh, maybe a color palette of green and brown, brown. or whatever. And, <laughs> and we start to jump in our, our, on our laptops and we start to design something that, guess what, might look like every other coffee shop logo. And that really inhibits what truly can be innovative and unique if one doesn't explore that. And so what Thinking Wrong does is that it encourages you to come up with unexpected solutions to not nail down on your first idea. It's about letting go of your regular processes to come up with unexpected solutions, eliminating biases and orthodoxies to conceive the inconceivable. Again, inconceivable. <laughs> breaking, those, breaking those connections that keep change from happening to <laughs> generate a ton of alternatives before locking down. People, designers specifically, tend to uh, nail down on their first idea and think that the first idea is the right idea, the best idea, which, which it can be, right? There's nothing wrong with that, but you're not allowing yourself to explore other new alternative ideas that could be much better. And the first idea is usually not the best idea because someone's already been it. Exactly. Probably. That's probably where you got your mental yeah. imagery from. Yeah. 
A few examples we cover. Remember Sarah when Lyft launched a couple years ago in San Francisco? <laughs> At least in San Francisco, it was crazy. Everybody was driving around with these pink mustaches Those on Huge their pink mustaches, yeah. <laughs> and at the time, before I knew what Lyft was, I would see them and I would go to a friend that, you know, right after that, hey, did you, have you seen that one car with a pink mustache? And then all of a sudden it's on all these different cars. And I was like, wait, what's going on? Great word of mouth there. Great marketing right there. Yeah. Exactly. It, it allowed people to see something that they normally would never see and they word of mouth, ask their friend. And then at some point their friend's like, oh yeah, that's Lyft. That's a car sharing or car riding app. Yeah. Boom. So there was definitely some sort of think wrong process in that boardroom. I don't know who came up with the idea, but we're going to put giant pink mustaches <laughs> on all of these cars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they didn't rely on traditional bus ads yeah. or traditional marketing techniques. Another example we like to use is the, uh, the now uh, defunct Virgin America um, safety video. The musical. The musical, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so when this came out, this got a lot of attention because why? It didn't look like every other safety video. Or it was actually a video that was compelling and fun and interesting, and you can actually, like, sing to it, right? <laughs> but it still conveyed the important stuff. And it's funny how a number of airlines after that made their own videos that were... I don't know, in my opinion, mostly lame, <laughs> right? But no, just show that Virgin America saw this really important thing that they needed in every single flight. You know, how many of you just kind of turn away or put your headphones on when the uh, flight attendants are going over the safety guidelines? But this was an opportunity for them to put something together that you would actually pay attention to and remember. So would you say that thinking wrong turns people into leaders instead of the followers of the copcast? Oh, totally. Because by doing that, they are creating something new and unique that will make people stop in their tracks and look up and say, wait, what? I want to learn more. Tell me more. As opposed to just noise in this crowded space of ads and websites and everything else around us. Uh, another example is something um, more personal. Uh, a couple of years ago, back in 2011, I spearheaded a project called the Alabamboo Make and Ride. I convinced uh, three of my friends to join me on this crazy adventure where we flew down to Alabama. Um, and with uh, the help of a number of organizations, we built bikes out of bamboo to ride from Alabama to California here in San Francisco to promote the Alabama Boo Initiative. Um, the Alabama Boo Initiative was uh, a project that was spearheaded by the former First Lady of Alabama. She was trying to um, create more jobs in Alabama uh, within the sustainable bamboo farming so we can create new jobs, new products, new economies. Uh, and the bike ride was our promotional uh, uh, ride to po point pe people to that direction. And we got a lot of attention. We were in a number of blogs. Uh, we were in a few news um News channels, you know, six o'clock news, uh, number of um, print ads, things like that. And if we were doing it on regular steel bikes in a sea of other steel bikes, other uh, cyclists crossing the country, no one would have paid attention to us. But the fact that we rode our bikes across country on bamboo uh, frames made people do a double take. Wait, what? Is that bamboo? Tell me more. And that was our opportunity to share the project. So... Yeah, so thinking wrong is, is great for a number of reasons. Um, as I mentioned before, it helps people produce a lot of ideas before locking down. Again, we tend to go to our first idea thinking that, oh, this is great, let me just explore this. And again, that might not be a bad thing, but you're, you're not allowing yourself to bring in other newer, fresher ideas into the mix. 
So it's instead of, you know, any time I'm just imagining boardrooms full of people being like, what are we going to do? Whether it's creating a new brand or creating a marketing campaign or just getting the word out about our new product, you know, designing a website, any sort of communications, any stuff that's going to go out to the world or launch an event thing. And it's this boardroom full of people being like, ooh, how can we make something that's unique, that's bold, that's cool? And everybody just sort of draws a blank when you do that, Mm -hmm. you know? So thinking wrong gives you a process to fill in that blank and say, hey, let's do this exercise. Let's do that exercise. Let's embrace this idea of not doing the most obvious thing, not doing the first thing that comes to mind, and let's keep digging to try and find something. And so imagine a, a room full of 50 ideas, for example. Instead of just one idea. And those 50 ideas, amazing. And then you start to think about, okay, what's doable? Mm -hmm. What can we actually do and implement? And then maybe some of those ideas get tossed to the side. Maybe some of those ideas get combined. And so you're allowing yourself to uh, come up with something fresh and new, again, by not nailing down that first idea and locking, locking onto that. Um, another great thing about the thinking wrong process is that it has the ability to amplify work that challenges the status quo. It, it's an opportunity for you to uh, to go against the grain, to go against your competitors. There's a number of clients that we run into, I want to look different, I want to be different, and then we offer them solutions that allow that, that will make them stand out and be different. But yet, they get, they're afraid because there's like, wait, it might be too much. Mm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. And so what tends to happen? They go and and decide on make decisions uh, based on their gut, and we end up looking like everyone else. The other thing, it, it invites serendipity into the mix. So there's a lot of exercises around the think wrong process that um, invites randomness and serendipity into something that will uncover new things, uh, help you discover uh, new opportunities, but maybe even new challenges that you might not have thought about. Uh, again, though, if you didn't allow this in the, into the creative process, you would just be on this linear path and unbeknownst to you, you'd probably be missing out on great opportunities or challenges that would affect the outcome of your work. So yeah, that's just kind of a very quick um, introduction to the Think Wrong stuff and perhaps the history of and why we incorporate it into our creative process. And so we'll include a number of links to some of the examples we mentioned, as well as a, a few blog posts that dig deeper into the Think Wrong process. And also, uh, if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, be sure to check out our event series, Thinking Wrong About Climate Change. It's a fun event we've been doing for a few months now. Uh, It's a guided networking event where we invite people in various industries. So, for example, our first one was in carbon tech. And so we had about 50 people show up and we introduced them to the Think Wrong process and we gave them uh, three Think Wrong exercises with some prompts to go with it. And after each exercise, there was a share out. Everyone has some cool, crazy ideas. And then they found new groups to, to talk to. And it was just a fun way to meet new people as opposed to these very awkward um, awkward events we all tend to go to. I definitely heard somebody in the audience of our last Thinking Wrong About Climate say, this is the first time I go to a lot of climate events, and this is the first time that it's actually been fun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm very proud of that. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, you can uh, learn more about these events at thedetermined.co slash T-W-A-C-C. Thinking Wrong About Climate. And don't forget to jump on our mailing list to be notified on the next event. We tend to have these about every uh, month and a half or two months or so. And uh, yeah. We'd love to help you make smart decisions on how to build your climate-focused brand so it gets the attention it deserves. Book a sound check session to get started amplifying your brand at thedetermined.co slash soundcheck. If you are one of the bold rebels building a product that addresses our climate crisis, we can help you set yourself apart and amplify your climate impact. 
You can learn more about us at thedetermined.co. Yeah, thanks for listening. If you know anyone who might enjoy this podcast, feel free to share.